0: FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSradio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with the Rutherford County Newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 818, you're listening to WGNS and our. Guest today in studio is Dr. Craig McCabe. How are you this morning?
1: Hey there, I'm doing great. Hello to everybody out there listening today. And let me invite you all right from the start to call us or text us with any of your ophthalmology questions. And hopefully we'll have a bunch today. And this can be anything about your eyes. So common eye things are cataracts, glaucoma, Macular degeneration, diabetes and how it affects your eyes, uh, glasses, contacts, everything is open. It's like the potpourri uh, category on Jeopardy. So (laughs) (laughs) whatever uh, you all want to talk about, let's talk about it. Maybe it's about you. Maybe it's about someone in your family. Maybe it's about a friend or a relative or a loved one. Um, someone you care about at church, neighbor, you have it, whatever it is, let's make this a fun kind of thing this morning and we'll open it up. And I'll start by telling you, Mr. Scott, that, you know, allergy season's kind of been full, uh, what do they call it? I don't want to say peak color, but full, it's full, bloom? Yeah, I don't full <laughs> bloom. yeah. Peak activity. So uh, we're kind of switching over. From the grasses to the tree pollens now, as the leaves will start to fade and turn color, and you know the here's a, a little bit of trivia. You know the the colors that we see the reds and the yellows, the golds, those pretty colors they're always present in the leaves, just like the green standard chlorophyll color is. But they come out at uh, different amounts of total daytime light and temperature. They're sensitive to both those things. And what happens is the green loses its activity. It kind of fades away, turns to clear. And that's what lets the yellow and the reds be shown. Even though they're always there, it's just there's so much green, it's overwhelming. And that changes as the temperature changes. And boy, don't we all notice that the temperature is a changing. Definitely
0: so. It feels good, though
1: compared to hot weather i think everybody is enjoying it but you know once it changes then everybody's like oh i don't want it to get any colder (laughs) (laughs) you know i want it to be you know between 60 and 75 all the time and of course unless you maybe live in san diego or something it's not like that (laughs) but it's nice we get the four seasons but if you say i enjoy four seasons then darn it, enjoy the four seasons. <laughs> Don't complain about the other two.
0: That's right. <laughs> and, and we already have a couple of questions here. First one says, uh, let's see, this one has this person has two different questions, so I'll get to their first one. It says, um, I had upper eyelid surgery over a year ago. My eyes have been extremely dry ever since. I do struggle to fully close my eyes since <coughs> surgery.
1: Yeah, um, if it's the standard blepharoplasty, this is where, and I'm starting to get it and everybody gets it, you know, once you get to be 60s and older, is that the upper eyelid skin kind of rolls forward onto the eyelashes. And when it does that and weights down the eyelashes, then it meets the insurance requirements to have them kick in and help pay for it. So if you want to know if it's covered or not, that's it. Now, the doctor's got to measure it and take pictures and send it into your insurance, but that's basically it. When it doesn't do that, but it bothers you because you got to roll of skin up there, and if you're a female, it interferes with you putting on your eyeshadow and all those things, then you can still get it removed, but in government, the insurance won't pay for it. It's just a, a typical cosmetic cash procedure. So that's that. Now, let's say you have the surgery. And we remove that extra skin, sometimes uh, and it's a standard thing that can happen. Sometimes, you know, it's not everybody's like Goldilocks or it's just right. Some people don't have quite enough removed, some people may have a little bit too much removed, and if it's a little bit too much, then your eye can't shut all oh, well, the that, way. That that would be <coughs> <a> horrible feeling. <laughs> so then what happens is that if you sleep when you sleep at night and let's say you're not like me where you only sleep about five hours but let's say you're a normal person you sleep about seven hours a night then you got seven hours where your cornea is not covered by the tear film or the eyelid so it's unprotected and it dries out it desiccates and so you'll wake up wake up with a dry eye problem every single morning and then what's the worst thing you can do have a ceiling fan blowing down on you from your ceiling while you're sleeping, and that just makes it three times as bad. So, of course, don't do that. Use a gel drop, which is a thicker, or an ointment, which is thicker than a gel drop, lubricating. Uh, Sustain makes a preservative-free uh, ointment. tears Ther- does. There are several good ones. Um, so, anyways, that will help because that lasts a lot longer as far as coating the surface of your eye, the cornea, with moisture. However, you can have problems and pain, and if it gets worse, it can lead to scarring and all kinds of issues you don't want to get into. And so then you may have to get that fixed. And uh, I would first recommend you go back to the doctor that did the surgery yeah, and uh, say, hey, I'm having an issue. I know this can happen sometimes. What can we do to fix it? And they'll fix it. So So,
0: they can fix it if they accidentally make it to where your eyelids are cut too short? Correct. they don't close all the way? Okay.
1: Correct. That can be done. Um, So uh, let's do that and let's get that fixed and there's no reason to suffer with that. What's the next question?
0: Uh, This one says, allergies (laughs) are such a struggle for me and I've tried allergy medication. The medication helps. My nasal area, but not at all my eyes. Do you recommend a particular eye drop. I yeah. Bet, I bet I know which one you're going to recommend.
1: Okay. I, I think I've heard it before. Okay. You think you think about it. But first we'll talk about kind of the two big hammers that will help with allergies. Uh, one is over the counter and that's fluconazone or Flonase is a brand name or any little nasal inhaler next to it. And that's uh, one puff in each nostril in the morning. That's a steroid, so that's a big gun, and the second big gun is an antihistamine, and again, I recommend not the pill, but the nasal inhaler, and that's prescription, though, but there's generic, so it's not that expensive, and that's twice a day, and I recommend breakfast at about 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and if you do that, you'll see an immense improvement over say, the uh, Claritin-Zyrtec, the allergy pills that you may take, and they're not as drying to your ocular surface. So if you wear contacts or you have allergies or your eyelids don't shut enough or your eyes are just dry, which many, many people are, the pills will make it much worse than the nasal inhalers do. Now, when you're using both nasal inhalers in the morning, you got to wait 15 minutes apart so that one doesn't overlap the other. Those are all common things your pharmacist will tell you, but those will do great. And then they help your eyes some, they do. But much better for your eyes. Drumroll roll the Scott answer is
0: if I remember correctly, Pataday. No, I'm or, sorry.
1: You had oh, to form this in a form man. of a question. You I had t- to say what is pataday? What is pataday? Yes, that's <laughs> correct for four hundred. So yes, the and so that's the one I recommend and the studies back this up and it's over the counter. And uh, I have no promotional consideration, but I do shop at both uh, Costco and Sam's, and I've noticed that they are less expensive there. So Hmm. it's a little tip for our shoppers out there, especially as we head into the holiday season and every dollar counts. But um, that is a wonderful one. And you want to get the lime flavored or the green striped one, which is the extra strength. You only have to use it once a day in the morning, one drop in each eye. Boom, that's it. You do those three, I guarantee that's going to take care of 90% of allergy sufferers. Boom, that's it. And then uh, if it doesn't, say those 10% that have a really bad, boy, feel sorry for these people, their eyes are (laughs) never uncomfortable, they're always sneezing, their eyes are running, their nose running, they cannot get comfortable, they're coughing, post-nasal drip, all that stuff, go see your ear, nose, and throat doctor. They'll do a sinus series uh, CT of your frontal sinuses, and they'll see which ones are impacted, which means they're full of pus, and they can't drain. And they'll go in there and just open up the little openings where they drain out, and it'll drain better. And oh my gosh, just a couple weeks later, you'll feel so much better. So that's the normal progression or the algorithm for taking care of allergies and sinusitis. And the third thing we should mention, is uh, you're having a lot of issues, see an allergist. Find out if one of the things you're allergic to, you can get rid of it in your environment. It may be rugs, curtains. So you go to blinds and wood or tile floors or what have you. Uh, You go to the higher MERV, M-E-R-V, filters for your cold air returns. All these kind of things, and you can make it better, and sometimes they can even give you tolerance or allergy shots you may have heard of which can help quite a bit as well. So there is treatments out there that help a lot and some are just over the counter, some are prescription, some require a procedure. So um, just work your way through it, you can get help. It's twenty twenty three people, you don't have to suffer that much with these common ailments anymore.
0: Absolutely, and here is another question and I don't know, let's see, I'm I'm not, I don't know if they misspelled this. I struggle with masculine degenerative disease and it's hereditary in my family. And in one of my eyes, my vision is like looking through a coffee stirrer and my right eye is slowly getting worse. Do you have any tips on how I can slow this disease down?
1: So I bet it's not their masculinity That is degenerating, (laughs) although I may feel like that some days when I try to lift some heavy things. But um, it is their macular degeneration, I'll bet 100%. That makes sense there. Yeah, one of those common things, macular degeneration. So it affects one out of 10 people 50 and older, and one out of three 75 years and older. Oh, my gosh, one out of three. So that becomes one of the most common, most prevalent, most important health conditions of all as we get older. That's a big deal because when you lose your vision, you lose your independence. You know, things are a struggle that all of us take for granted. So, you know, you don't think about your eyes and your vision until you have a problem with them. You just take it for granted, take it for granted. Yet 90% of all the information your brain receives comes through your eyes. 60% of all neurological diseases can uh start a diagnosis by looking through the eyes isn't that amazing you know use your eyes for everything well people say you don't use them when you sleep well that's not true you do rem sleep rapid eye movement that's what rem stands for when we dream and if we don't dream we go crazy after (sighs) a few a couple weeks of that so our eyes are used for everything and so macular degeneration there's a dry form there's a wet form the wet form is worse than the dry form i think most of us know that It's common as we get older. Uh, It affects Caucasians more than it does people with more pigment um, in their skin and thus in their eyes. It's thought that UV light from the sun and free radical buildup in our blood system causes the damage to the retinal uh, photoreceptors and the mechanisms that help those photoreceptors and they die out. And you only get the number of photoreceptors that you're born with. They don't grow. They don't replace. They don't replenish. They don't heal. Once they're damaged, they're gone. So, like many of these diseases of aging, the best thing is to try to prevent it. After that, it's to try to slow it down. And most of these diseases of aging, we don't have a cure for. That's going to have to be attacked genetically through DNA and uh, RNA. And so there's lots of things going into it. I mean, I think in five years we'll have a vaccine for one of the cancers. And it will be due to genetic research, which a lot of it comes out of the vaccine for coronavirus, which was the first, as you know, uh, genetically based uh, vaccine. And by the way, they just won the Nobel science prize for that because so many good things now are going to come from their, uh, frontline research anyways. So, uh, what can you do to slow down macular degeneration? You take the macular degeneration vitamins. Also, um, if you, uh, look up uh, there's a Mediterranean diet just look up Mediterranean diet plans there is a large uh, multiple tens of thousands of people in Europe done which shown that that shows slows down the macular degeneration 20-25% just as much as does the vitamins which people most people know about and you've got to take the a reds uh, vitamins age-related eye disease study recommend formula Uh, And these can all be guided through to you and told about what's best for you through your ophthalmologist. So um, make sure that you're seeing them. I'm sure you are if you know this diagnosis. Uh, And uh, eye protection when you're outside. You know, wear sunglasses and uh, increase your blood flow. My gosh, what does that mean? Exercise. Yeah, exercise. Control your... Uh, blood pressure, control your cholesterol. And what we find out as we get older is blood flow becomes more and more and more important. You know, that's number one cause of heart disease is poor blood flow. The number one killer in our country, the big C, is not cancer. It's cholesterol, you know, over 10 times as many. So anyways, uh, those are the basic things. They can be guided to you through your uh, ophthalmologist just make sure you're seeing one that takes time to talk to you uh, shows that they care about you really in any form of medicine those will always be your best uh, caretaker for everything that you go to see them for
0: again Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning at McCabe vision center that's where he is but Of course, you're here today, but anybody who has any questions regarding the eyes that are medically related, text those in or call them in 615-893-1450. We'll uh, tackle this next question, then go to a break. But this one says that their eyes itch year round. They look like they have pink eye and it's embarrassing. What can I do about this? I was tested for allergies, was told I didn't have any. So what's going on?
1: Well, that's a great question. And I think it's a great question because I'll bet there's a bunch of people listening to this show right now that are shaking their heads. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah. So now you're in the differential diagnosis of red eyes, right? It's uh, not a viral or bacterial infection because you will get over those as time goes on. They are clinically limited. And... You said you've been tested for allergies. Now it doesn't test for all allergens, of course, but it tests for the majority of them. It's probably 85-88%, and so uh, it's likely not to be that. The number one cause of uncomfortable, dry, gritty, sandy eyes is a dry eye disease. The number one cause of a dry eye disease is a poor oil coat, which keeps the underlying water coat from evaporating. And you know how oil sits on top of water, like an oil spill or something? (coughs) Excuse me. Well, in our eyes, our tear film, that oil prevents the underlying moisture coat from evaporating. So if you don't have enough oil, it's insufficient. The water evaporates. You get a dry eye. And it turns out that a mixture of that, as well as not making enough moisture, those two things is about 75 80 percent of all dry eye disease so you can use artificial teardrops, preservative free is what i recommend four times a day and you'll do that for a while but just and don't get mad at me dennis but just like they tell us to floss our teeth twi- twice a day and brush three times a day if you do that you know my hat's off to you but i can't <laughs> do it and i I'm bad. So anyways, um, you can't do it that much. So you need something else that works 24-7. And then you just supplement once in a while when you need it. And there, uh, we use the um, tear duct plugs, I call them. And they block the exit holes in your eyelids called the tear ducts where the water drains away. So by blocking that, you increase both the oil and the water coat. Uh, So that works very well, and in most cases, it's paid for by your insurance, and you don't have to do anything. Um, Come see us at McCabe Vision Center. We do more of this than anyone around, and and we can help you out with that. So dry eye is something that we can definitely uh, help you with. The other causes are something called blepharitis, which is inflammation of the eyelids, and that's, again, a huge uh, issue as well. So, um, but just see someone who specializes in dry eye and they can make you so much better and you don't have to walk around, uh, with, um, those scary eyes, even though it can be fun at Halloween. <laughs>
0: yeah. And people, they still get scared of pink eye cause isn't pink eye really contagious. So if you look like you have it, people will kind of freak out.
1: Yeah. It's more contagious than COVID. Really? Oh, yeah. So it runs rapid through the schools, through the barracks, after family reunions, any kind of get-together where you're bringing people you haven't been around, uh, somebody's going to come out of that with uh, a pink eye and then spread it locally into their family, and then that's how it goes. But, uh, you know, wash your hands a lot, just like they tell us for everything, and uh, that, that helps a lot. That
0: sounds good. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning. If you have any questions, text them in or call them in 615-893-1450. We'll take a short break, then we'll be right back. I'm on Deadman's Bend at midnight when my gas light pops on. I see a gas station ahead. Just my luck. Or is it? I walk in, the attendant lifts a bony finger towards me and croaks, you want a Halloween Jumbo Bucks? I whisper terrified, no. And as I leave, he asks the lady behind me, she says, okay, and then, she wants $75,000. Ah! Scare up some cash with the Halloween Jumbo Bucks instant game. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing hair-raising <laughs> fun. Please play responsibly. Manufacturing.
1: Construction. Agriculture.
0: there's a lot of people out there talking about testosterone. You hear about treatment centers everywhere. But do your homework and go to a provider that you can trust, one that's been doing it for years. I recommend Low-T Center on Medical Center Parkway in Murfreesboro. That's where I get my levels checked. At Low-T Center, they make it quick and easy. Walk in, take a simple blood test, and then with their on-site lab, you get the results in 25 minutes. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, weight gain, or loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels. Low-T Center's not... Not like a typical doctor's office where you have to wait a long time to see the doctor. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for men. They have affordable and convenient options including physician-monitored self-inject treatments that ship directly to your home each month. No need to drive to the center for weekly visits. Right now at Low T Center, it's only 25 bucks to get your testosterone level tested. So what are you waiting for? Go to lowtcenter.com to book your appointment online. That's lowtcenter.com Low T Center. Reinventing Men's Health Care.
1: I like water aerobics.
0: Margaret Ortobodian chose Adams Place. It's been a great boon for my health to have water aerobics. The pool is saltwater pool, and the instructors are all geriatric trained. And then they have uh, stretch and balance to help you keep from falling. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Call Adams Place today at 615-904-9111. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro FM 100.5 Smyrna and streaming at WGNSRadio.com Right now that time 8.43 You're listening to WGNS again on this Monday morning today October 9th In studio with us today we have Dr. Craig McCabe Eye Doctor from McCabe Vision Center and uh, have some more questions here to get to and the next one Let me go back and find it. Uh, Let's see. Is there any surgery that can be done to correct my astigmatism?
1: Oh, absolutely. We have, like, excellent treatments for that. And they vary from things that can be done right in the uh, exam chair to lasers. uh, Corrections that are based on the cornea like that. Corrections that are based... uh, a lens implant if you have early cataracts or cataracts and need those removed but boy that's important you get that corrected and and you'll see better and what's interesting is that corrections done at the level of the eye you will see better than you do with glasses because it's corrected right at the point where the problem is and you know you look all around in glasses and they vary throughout the lens so uh, it just makes sense. And and let me talk to those people who are thinking about or close to getting their cataract surgeries done. It does cost some extra money because insurance doesn't pay for it to get your astigmatism corrected at the time of cataract surgery. But everybody who gets that done, I mean everybody who gets that done, sees better than if they didn't. So um, that is well worth the money if you have a few dollars you can afford for that because... You will see better for many, many years. And you'll save on glasses if you need glasses. And even better, you might not even need any glasses because you got your astigmatism corrected. And then you can save thousands of dollars throughout your life. So always try to do those things that will help your performance, your comfort, and will save you money. correcting the astigmatism can do that.
0: That's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that there was a surgery to correct astigmatism. So that, that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, your dad had it done when he had his cataract surgery done.
0: I, I didn't know that.
1: I don't think he will mind me saying that. And uh, about 50% of the population has a threshold level of astigmatism that would make a functional improvement in their vision if they had it corrected. And then about half the population doesn't. They have a small amount that there would not be a significant change in their vision if they had corrected. And so you just got to find out. It's like a a spectrum. You know, there are people that don't have much at all, and there's people that have a lot, but most people are in the middle there. So if you have that threshold level, uh, you would see better with it. And it's a standard thing that we always try to treat. Um, especially on our patients having cataract surgery because we're right there doing it and it's you're under anesthesia, it's easy to do. And then for my patients that get the full-range vision lenses, this is one of the ways in which our practice is different from others, is that for a year after your cataract surgery, I'll see you in my office every four months and any treatment we can do to lessen that astigmatism after the major one's done, we do right there in the office free of charge. And that's included in that original package fee, but um, it's so important to get you to see well. That, that initial changing, bending, focusing of the light at the cornea is responsible for 70% of the focusing power of your eye. And that's where you can um, correct the astigmatism. So yeah, indeed. Um, And again, just make sure you're seeing a doctor that actively does those procedures routinely, goes over those things with you, and they can help you out. If you're very young, you know, your teens, 20s, whatever, you can wear contacts or uh, glasses can do that. But if you're going to have LASIK surgery or one of those kind of things, that does it as well. So absolutely multiple ways, multiple methods, uh, and they all make you see better.
0: Sounds good. Here is an interesting question that I, I didn't know this happened. But it says, as I age, my eye color has been changing. What could be causing this?
1: Hmm. So what gives us our eye color? What do you think, Scott?
0: The pigments of color in our eye. <coughs> I, I, I don't know what, what exactly does give our eye color.
1: So that's an interesting question that hardly anybody knows the answer to, unless, of course, you're an eye care provider. <laughs> and that is the amount of pigment on the backside of your iris. The iris is one of the two muscles in your eye, and it contracts and relaxes, and that what, what makes your pupil get smaller and bigger. So the iris is what gives our eye its color, and the more pigment the more browner your eyes are. The less pigment, the more bluish they are. Huh. So hazel people have an intermediate amount. Blue people have... Blue people. Blue blue <laughs> eyes. People with blue eyes. <laughs> you're not avatars. But yeah, people with blue eyes, they have the least unless you're an albino. And if you're an albino, that affects your skin and all your pigment. Then they have pinkish colored irises because you can see the retina through them because there's no pigment and the retina has a pinkish glow. So if uh, you're heavily pigmented, your eyes are brown and that's the dominant eye color genetically. So there's more brown eyed people. Uh, But if you want to make your brown eyes blue, like (laughs) Linda Ronstadt wanted, then uh, you have to lose pigment. And there are People in Canada and Europe that are using lasers to percussion, like beating a drum, the pigment off of people's irises, but it often results in pigmentary glaucoma, which is a bad, sight-threatening deal, so do not do that, do not do that, do not do that. How do our eyes lose, uh, change colors with time is typically they become lighter because we lose some pigment just jumping around, rubbing our eyes, you know, things that we do uh, causes that. And uh, how can you get it back? You know, if you were to take one of the glaucoma drops, which is in the prostaglandin category, it can turn light brown spots into darker brown spots in our eyes. I don't recommend it for that. It's not FDA recommended for that. But some people who take that drop will notice, especially people with hazel-colored eyes, that it can make their eyes somewhat browner. Not everybody, but about 20%. And that's probably more than anybody wanted to know about eye color. (laughs) What about those eye colors like like
0: gray or or, uh, green? What makes those... Pigment's different.
1: So that's a various spectrum, once again, of how much pigment you have on the backside of your iris. And like I said, uh, blue is typically the least common in the population. Then it goes green. Then it goes hazel, honey, and dark brown. Huh. Uh, well,
0: there you go. Yeah. Uh, here's another question. I started using, this isn't really about the eyes, but it says I started using Afrin uh, many years ago. Now I feel like I can't breathe without Afrin and nothing else helps. Well, what can I do?
1: First of all, whenever you get a new medicine, read the instructions that come with it, read that little package insert, the PI, that tells all about it. And even on the outside of the box of the Afrin, it says don't use for more than three days. Or if you need to use for more than three to four days, consult your doctor. And that's because you get into this vicious spiral. It's the same way with Visine that takes the red out for our eyes, this Afrin for our nose, is that the longer you take it, the more you need because you develop tolerance and then you get addicted to it. And then when you stop using it, then you have symptoms full-blown much worse than when you initially started it. So it's a good thing to use for a few days, but then that's it. You've got to stop it. And then if you still need it, you've got something going on. You go see your eye doctor uh, or your sinus doctor for your sinuses, your eye doctor for your eyes, and get that figured out.
0: And uh, next question says, I don't think we've answered this one yet. I've always suffered from a lazy eye. Now that I'm in my 50s, I feel like it affects my vision. Is there surgery that can help a lazy eye?
1: And the answer to that is yes and no. Can we improve the vision from the vision loss that you had when you were seven, eight years old? Nope. Can't make that better. Can we straighten out your lazy eye so that you don't have double vision and other people don't notice it? Absolutely. Will it help take the prison out of my glasses if I need it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you have to have a certain threshold amount to do the procedure. Does insurance pay for it? Absolutely. So, you know, there's so many things that we can make people better and improve their lives. But you've got to go see your doctor and talk to him about it or at least Google it. And then that'll say, hey, yeah, there's something you can do about this. And then you will go to your doctor. But, uh, you know, you've, you've got to try to take part in your own health care. And your doctors aren't going to know about things unless you complain to them about them. Gee, I got this. Gee, I got that. I got that. If you don't tell them about it, they're not going to address it because their time is precious and they've got people waiting and they've got to move along these days. So when you go to the doctor, maybe have a list of things that you want to go over. Have a copy for you and a copy for your doctor and go through it and uh, they'll take care of your things. You know, Maybe only see the doctor once or twice a year. That time's precious. Make the most of it. But, yeah, we've got great things to help out uh, with so many things these days. Like I say, it's 2023. We can help out a lot of things that we couldn't 10 or 20 years ago.
0: Things have changed a lot. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us with McCabe Vision Center. His website is McCabeVisionCenter.com. And uh, another question here for you. This one says, Dr. McCabe, you mentioned reading. Sometimes I struggle with eye twitching when I read, and my job pretty much requires that I read for the majority of my work throughout the day. Is this normal? It doesn't say an age or anything, so eye twitching.
1: No, you're abnormal, and everybody thinks you're <laughs> winking at it. They're like, That's what's right. going on with your eye? And you know what? I can laugh about this, because you know what? I've got this, and if you want it, you got a pen. Write it down, M-Y-K-Y-M-I-A, myokymia. M-Y-O-K-Y-M-I-A, myochymia. And that's an uncoordinated, uh, involuntary, spasmic contraction of the muscle around your eye called the orbicularis oculi. It's what's used to squeeze our eye. So when it's uncoordinated, that means that it doesn't get much force done, but it still contracts, uh, but not all at once. There are different parts in different places. So you get this little spasm, this little tick, and their eyelid will go tick, 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 tick. Tick, tick And it happens when your eyes are dry, when you're stressed out and lack of sleep. Boom. Now, not the usual amount, right? We're all like that, at least I am. But more so than normal. Uh, your relatives come to visit, right? The holidays are coming on. There's going to be people getting myokymia, <laughs> you know, in the next couple months. And uh, a lot more stress could be work, could be money, could be family could be like with me my darn yard but you know there's stuff that happens that stresses you out Uh, and when it does you often don't sleep well at night Uh, I would get this every time at finals week in med school because I'd have all those things going on and once again sleeping under ceiling fans bad for these things but um, go see your doctor Uh, I use a little bit of uh, Botox fixes it boom also use artificial teardrops get more sleep and try to enjoy life more it's hard to get rid of the stress but you can enjoy other things which does lessen it some
0: it's scary how many (laughs) negative elements stress causes
1: oh my gosh yes because you know what it revs up cortisol out of our adrenal glands that rev up everything make your heart you know it's this flight or fight it's the fight part so it gets the cortisol that adrenaline running in your body and uh that's not good for anything, unless you gotta, you know, run away from a saber toothed tiger, and so that's why it happens.
0: R- run away twenty four seven, I guess. Uh, next question: It says, "I feel like I'm losing my eyesight intermittently, even though I've been told that I have twenty twenty vision. Why would I be losing it intermittently?"
1: Well, so this answer is depends, and now we're into time frames. If you lose your vision for a minute or less, that can be increased intracranial pressure in your head, but that's very unlikely, you know, given no trauma and other things like that or other symptoms. But if it's just your vision gets blurry and you blink, you rub your eyes, boom, you've got some kind of tear film problem, dry eyes, blepharitis, like I talk about all the time in the show. Come see us at my office. We can fix this for you. Fix it. And then if it is minutes to an hour, that often can be uh, a form of migraine headache. And uh, blood flow returns after many minutes and your symptoms go away. That needs to be treated like that. If it is longer than hours, can be what's called a complicated migraine, which again is rare, but can be that. Or it can be that you're developing other vascular problems with the blood flow to your eye. You need to go see an eye doctor for that. So, you know, try artificial teardrops three times a day from the drugstore. If that doesn't work or you don't want to keep doing that every day of your life, I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. Go see your eye doctor that specializes in dry eye treatment and they can take care of you. They can make it so much better. You know, we have these things today. You don't have to suffer with it.
0: Again, Dr. Craig McCabe has been our guest this morning on the WGNS Action Line. i got one more question here real quick. It says, uh, I tried the Pataday you mentioned, and it feels sticky on my eyes. It does work, but it feels sticky when I close my eyes.
1: Put an artificial teardrop in five minutes before you use the Pataday. You probably have a dry eye problem as well. Once again, all those people with dry eyes, scratchy, gritty, sandy, after they on the computer a while, after they read for a while, after they watch TV for a while, come see us. We can help you. And I want to thank everybody that called in. This was wonderful variety of subjects. I feel like this was a good session. We talked about all kinds of different things. We'll be back again the second Monday of the month. Next month, if you got questions, write them down. We'd love to go over with you. If you have things we can help you with, give us a call at McKay Vision Center. We'd love to help you.
0: Again, McCabe Vision Center right here in Murfreesboro online at McCabeVisionCenter.com. Dr. McCabe with us, and uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Time right now, 9 o'clock, coming up next on WGNS Murfreesboro, we're going to have local guests on the air and local news. That's with Ron Jordan right now.